They're spooky. They're bitches. They're the spooky bitches of Lubbock. And they're coming to YouTube September 2019. Follow the Spooky Six as they navigate the alternative art scene in Lubbock, Texas. If you love Halloween, art, Lubbock, and the things that go bump in the night, follow the Spooky Six on Facebook and Instagram. They're not basic bitches. They're spooky bitches. Kids Comics. I am Andrew Farmer. With me, as always, the... I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know what this cold open is. Something's happening. Uh, it's Cole, like, I, Cole uh, Houston's here it's like too. Like Beatles uh, money cash register motif thing. Oh, are you doing? Are you are you doing? Uh, uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Are yeah, we, it's like the uh, the. Um, On this issue of Hey Kids Comics, Best, we do uh, the you, saves if you, and like if, no. if you sync this issue of Hey Kids Comics with Dark Side of the Moon, um, it'll go Absolutely great. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. It, Absolutely it, nothing. And it'll go great with your laser light show that I'm sure that you're going to have with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Once again, you find us at the end of a story arc in which we've already thought that the thing was done and then we had to be reminded that we had another issue to yeah go. which means we're also at the end of our rope that's that's right cole is uh going on vacation so he's on island time here he's on jamaica 30 um sure. i am not i'm just spent so um <laughs> you're very lucky we have him for this show either of us for that matter um <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so we're at the end of a story arc in which we've talked about street level heroes. Uh, in this issue, uh, what did you name this one? This is Brawling for Dollars. Yeah, or um, the alternate title is uh, Why Buy the Cow. That's uh, right. When you can get the uh, the street level superheroing for free. Uh, tonight we talk about those that. Um, that I, I don't know. Do you think that there's a code? Do you think there's a street level hero code when you're talking about something like like there are guys like the Punisher who would never accept money for you know uh, for uh, avenging a wrong. Nobody's gonna yeah. come to him and say, "I know where some drug dealers are." He, he will, however, allow you to buy him a drink in the sense that you know your money's no good here, Castle. Oops. I mean. <laughs> Castilianarian. <laughs> You're right. Castiglione guy. Yeah. Vaguely Italian named guy. Yeah. Um, uh, Castle of Castiglione. <laughs> we should talk about bad die. alter ego like, like oh, names yeah. at some point because uh, Matches Malone comes to mind. Batman. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's another one that, that no one would ever... Um, that, that would never accept money. Not that he needs it. Yeah. But he would never accept money for um for his acts of uh, vengeance he and strength. Probably has a card with a list of uh, really uh, worthwhile charitable organizations to which you. <laughs> I like that. Give I, your money. It's all I, Wayne. It's all the Wayne Foundation. No. Yeah. If you want to leave a leave a tip. Um, <laughs> just leave it to the Wayne Foundation. Just, just make a donation to the Wayne Foundation in the name of Batman. In the name of Batman. And there's like a whole wall of plaques, you know. Uh, the next morning, um, another Batman plaque has to come out of the box of a thousand that they learned he to buy. To, he, but he has to get the um, the engraved plate from one manufacturer and the oak. Uh, yeah, and oh the yeah, oak, absolutely. The oak plaque from another manufacturer. You wouldn't want him to know. 
Yeah. Even though it's all purchased by the Wayne Foundation, they're really not sure why there's a mandate that everything has. Why don't you have to buy our tape from Staples and our it's just what I do. Our whiteout from it's Office Depot. Why are you talking and not getting the way my fourth of, meal? The way of the Wayne Foundation. It's just what we do here at the okay, Wayne Foundation. Okay, Mr. Wayne. You sound kind of cr- <laughs> Shut I, I, I'm a cold. I'm I'm I'm, I'm Wayne man. No, I'm I'm, I'm Bat Wayne. Bat Wayne. No, God damn it, God damn it. Or I I prefer Steel Man. Like, leave me alone. I prefer the alternate world in which Bruce Wayne wakes up every morning and says, "Oh, well, somebody else made a, a donation from the to, from Batman to the Wayne Foundation. Hmm, who to thunk it? <laughs> That's right, Alfred." Do you know somebody else made a do- Yes, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> Did that, I ever tell you about sure that emerald? Gets around. You know, he's responsible for most of our donations nowadays. Yeah, what's up with that? Why do we and, even have a, an organ? You know, why do we have all this staff? That and when I wasting? cross-reference it from the not-Batman computer banks that are upstairs, um, <laughs> what I'm seeing is a, a lot of the people that made the donations were people that that Batman stopped crimes the night before from. Uh, I don't know if there's a correlation there. It's quite a, it's a, it's quite a, I mean, quite a coincidence. I don't, mm, what's going on? That's the, the cards that we had printed in three different countries have arrived. <laughs> the, the, the card stock had to come from. <laughs> That's right. Jamaica. Give a little, give a, lo- give a lot. Give a little, give a lot. www.waynefoundation backslash donations. What? Why does this card just say live, laugh, love, and what? live, laugh, and love had to be printed in other, um, That's right. in, uh, in other countries, Batman? And it's in the nearly complete card. Somewhere else to have the rest of the document printed on there. <laughs> and it's, like, why does it say bat slash? What? What are donations? What? What's so, a bat slash? I mean, who has that specialized typewriter? I have it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Batman. Batman has it. He lets us use it. That's right. He's a real generous guy, as you can tell by all the donations. Just hit Troll Alt and backslash, and it'll make like a little bat wing. No, it's not. It's a he, well, thing. on no, Batman's keyboard, it's bat slash. Yeah. It's not backslash. It's bat no, slash on all everything. Everything is bad. Son of a bitch. Everything has to be bad. What are we talking about? We're here to talk about the heroes for hire, those who will take proper cash. Right. And you have to think about, you know, conceptually, the title Heroes for Hire seems almost counterintuitive when the, you know, your first Heroes for Hire comics are coming out or when the, the concept of, because essentially you've got, Luke Cage, you've got Power Man and Iron Fist. Right. They and are they, the heroes for hire. Yeah, they set up a company. <laughs> they, 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 they look yes. like an LLC, the yeah. whole yards. Like a 503C or something. I, I don't know what they set up. Yeah, no, it's a real company, which is odd considering Iron Fist is loaded for bear. Bruce Wayne style with that money. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I guess... It, but if you didn't know, God forbid, that Danny was Iron Fist. Right. You know, there's a lot of a lot of work coming in from the Rand Foundation. Let's just put it that way. I mean, there's some serious misappropriation. It's like, you know, I can't really fund us, Luke, but I can really fund us. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you want to talk about deep Wait, cover? Danny, isn't that, isn't that criminal? Like, no, I can't register your company to Iron Fist. Luke Cage at least uses his people name. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not going to use your Dungeons and Dragons name. <laughs> right, right. I can't take the name off of your character. Your character sheet is not a legally binding document, <laughs> Mr. Fist. <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's... <laughs> God, stupid, stupid Danny Rand. But that's like super deep cover. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't say Iron Fist funded by Daniel Rand and Rand Incorporated, a Dan, a, a Rand company. 
<laughs> Welcome to Heroes for Hire, a Rand company. Yeah. We, GlaxoSmithKline and Rand. Um, I can't do that. So It's, it's like Rand Om. So, Luke, you're going to have to head down to City Hall. Yeah. And you're going to have to register this company. I'm just going to have to be a silent partner. Um, and you're yeah, gonna he, he's down there like, sweet month of Christmas. You know, form after form after form. <laughs> What's the point of having all this unlimited power if all I'm doing is like, you know, getting writer's cramp? Well, that's how he learned a lesson. Yes, he did. Bulletproof skin does not make you immune to bureaucracy. <laughs> Which is, which, so I guess the thing is, like, we've talked about all of this, all of this dearth of, uh, just this, you know, floatsome and jetsome of, of street-level heroes that just stalk the streets by night, or day, some of them by day, majority by night, just fighting crime, but maybe it's not your crime. Maybe, maybe, you know, the, it's crime of opportunity, but maybe that isn't your crime. If you have a crime that you need fought, maybe Spider-Man isn't there. Yeah. Or maybe Night Thrasher is off. Chances are Spider-Man's on the L train fighting Doc Ock and Prowler. Right. You, you, there's not like a, you know, you can't just like have like the little spider wheel there where you take a number. <laughs> right. Right. You know. He doesn't take pages. By now serving 46 cents is tingling. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't take pages. You yeah. know, he's not. He's not Uber. He <laughs> doesn't have a star rating. Um, but you might need somebody to to come help you in your well, the, in your crime fighting. If you look at your average street level hero, a lot of their day to day activity, or as we've discovered in one chapter, is spur of the moment. You just happen to be in the neighborhood of the area. You know, they can't go and hover above the earth and listen to damned everything. If they're not Superman. Yeah, if they're and not. And he's Super not fighting street level crime. Exactly. He's like, huh, yeah, some old lady's huh. hurt. Hmm. But. Somebody's got that, right? Somebody's uh, got that, right? Okay, good. Warhead just got stolen. You tell me, you know. Is the $40 in that picture of her grandbaby really worth the entire human race? I don't think so. <laughs> so long, Grammy. <laughs> I don't care who's still, in that urn. He's still listening. <laughs> he's still like half listening to the footfalls. So he knows exactly. Right. If anybody wants to know, exactly. he can direct them to that person. Don't leave home without it. It's this, you know, these guys are waiting for the bat to show up, and then Superman lands there, and he's like, thermonuclear device under one arm, like, um, perhaps you'd like to give Mrs. Finkelstein her purse back. The <laughs> hell? The you bought they, one too many, you, you took one too many peppers from the U-scan at the grocery store. <laughs> it was an hour and a half ago. Listen. Easy to fly to Bangladesh, <laughs> take out an entire mercenary army, and carry this thing back to the U.S. intact? This is Brainiac's head. <laughs> Think about what you're going to do next. Oh, that's okay. I, just, I left the lights flashing to scare you, so I, just take the purse. It's not even real. We found out it's not even real. I turned out I used my x-ray vision. I'm going to go drop it at Bibbo's this, bar. Yeah, if this was, was real, there would be a lot of lead. Trust me, a lot. There is a there is a market, by the way, for lead in the DC yeah. universe. Yeah. Just a lot. Like they'll that they'll really nuts. So you know, and the Reverse people are alchemy are mad as hatters now, but that's okay. They're all dying off, but they made a lot of money on the way there. Well, at first they thought it was mer mercury. And oh, yeah. They realized pretty quickly it wasn't, and also what mercury does to the human body. That's what do you think right. happened to Lex Luthor's hair? All mercury poisoning. Yeah, it turned out kryptonite had nothing to do with it. He just had this thing for, <laughs> looky, looky, look how it's, it's like metal, but it's like a bubble. So uh, <laughs> It goes on your hand. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Lex, please, fill it. For the love, love of God, stop. <laughs> and he's still doing it after he gets the fake hand. Well, he thinks, but, he yeah. thinks it's, 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 my, it's Superman trickery. Oh, yeah. It's not. Of course Superman would tell you that. So <laughs> of course he let's, uh, <laughs> let's talk about those who can't hover around the Earth and, and take out nuclear extortionists. So 
you know, sometimes the pickings are pretty slim. You go out and you're hoofing it every night. Uh, some of the cops are resentful. Some of them are supportive. But for the most part, you've got to kind of be there when it happens or just sit in the apartment with a bottle of scotch and a police scanner. And trust me, few lives are sadder. So, um, well, the, let's, there, there are very few street level heroes that have what we would consider not sad lives. Batman, so Danny Rand, you know, those are the ones really at the end of the day. I guess Mark Spector, you know, they're, they're all loaded. Green yeah. Arrow, they're all pretty loaded. They're, they're yeah, doing I mean, all right. Push comes to shove. If there's nothing going on, they can just be the idle rich that would put the Adams family to shame. Right. They could get a, they could just whatever. There was never a better illustration of the life of the idle rich than the Adams family. You know, I never thought Not about even it. Dallas came close. How did the Adams family make their money? I think they already had it. Is it just like a vampire thing where we all assume that you never see a poor vampire because they've been around <laughs> for so long that some it's not like my problem with vampires and this idea that they're all like loaded and they all live in giant like mansions in in Louisiana is we assume that they're smart enough to like be prescient about like buying Apple stock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're not they're not smart. They're just it depends on the vampire. I mean, some of them were shrewd businessmen before they turned. That's true. But you would but have to be. It would, that's, not, that's the end of that I story. I would love to let you go all night with this. But I'm go- I, shut up. It's the last story. It's the last of the story arc, Cole. <laughs> Give me true. this. I shouldn't have expected anything <laughs> different. But you, you begin to see a brand of superhero who's going to take advantage of the fact that sometimes you just need, like, some muscle because – you know, the the goons from the mob are coming in with a super powered torpedo guy. <laughs> you know, like Bullethead comes in there and starts making trouble. And well, yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like all of these, all of the super super powered, uh, or not even super powered, like the mafia. You know, they all have like at their beck and call seventeen. Uh, super-powered goons that they can call on somehow, I'm guessing, well, I mean, there, money. There, there's a certain type of super-powered being that isn't interested in flying around in tights and saving people's lives. And there are two different ways they can go. They can go, you know, they can go Henry Hillett. <laughs> as far back as I can remember, I wanted to be a super gangster. I got new shoes. <laughs> Look, Ma, I got a super suit. You look like, like a gangster. <laughs> it's just a zoot suit with a cape. Just, oh, wait. <laughs> okay, Mugger, I'm not going to drag this out, but all I'm going to say is remember suit suit with a cape because that is going to come back in Muggerville 7 at some point. So, so very good. <laughs> or they freelance. Yeah. And the thing is, there's nothing – I mean, on the surface, when I we first approached this issue, this was the one I thought was going to be the toughest until I realized we could pad this sucker out endlessly with vampire stories and other crap. <laughs> we could just but, say vampire to Andy and watch him go right. for about a week. Uh, I should have known. And you're in luck because in about three or four weeks, we do have a, a lovely vampire story to tell. But Yeah, but I won't be able to know, talk about non-comic book vampires, and that's, no, that's, a, that's, that's disappointing. <laughs> But the thing about it is you've got – you have to imagine that there's going to be a breed of super being who will go into it for the money. And, you know, at first it seemed to me a little ignoble to carry out – to, you know, carry along in that kind of approach. But the more I think about it, it's it's like your, um, your Ronin, you know, your masterless samurai or, or a freelance soldier. You know, you might have a knight who – has no king or kingdom anymore and he roams the countryside and paladin is his name oh oh good good uh good transition there buddy yeah so uh it was low-hanging fruit damn it damn it jim shooter (laughs) creator of paladin but uh paladin is one of those heroes for higher types that Andy specifically singled out. I do enjoy for coverage that or Paladin, 
if you will. Just because you love. I won't, but but I know you will. Because <laughs> you loved it when I called him Paladin. I did. And you won't let it go. Oh, well, um, it was a whole world. Oh, God. He can show you the world. Um, no, but but he was uh, – he is one of the um, the heroes for hire. The – I will call – because there's, there's a line in the sand between – there's there, – I, I – the pie chart's in threes, right? There's the good guy who takes the money to keep the lights on, a la Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist, the rest of the heroes for higher guys, in my personal opinion, right? I once like Jessica Jones, who goes into being a, a PI, but, you know, just happens to be able to punch your head through a wall. Right. It's, it's, and it's, it came to that. It's a, it's part of a skill set. It's like a, it's like picking locks for her, right? Yeah. Um, then you've got your middle ground, which I think um, pa- old Pally she can kick you down the block to the next block. <laughs> I think old Pally falls into this category, Pally. which is he's not necessarily a good guy, but he feels better about taking money from people when he's doing doing all right. You know, he's that kind of mercenary. Um, but then you've got the He's not going to go, say, work for Kingpin, right. but he might work for Allied Chemical or somebody like that who needs some help, you yeah. know, kicking some supervillains down the block. If AIM, if AIM came to him with a good enough deal, he might take it, depending on what, what it was they wanted him to do. Well, the thing is, technically, AIM, you're kind of skirting the fence there because they, they make some really good quality products. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, they make some a, stuff. A Gris shampoo would not have existed. Degree. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that a Gris shampoo from the 70s never would have happened but for the AIM technology. Did you know that High Karate has actual High Karate in it? They bottled it at AIM. <laughs> they actually, yeah, they, they got uh, like residual uh, future... Karate from Karate Kid. They got leg- they, they got straight up karate. Yeah. They just took karate, and it wasn't even super karate. It was just, was just a- normal. They just had like a dojo full of guys, like some sort of Bruce Lee movie. They smoked a bunch. Of, they had a bunch of guys with black belts smoke a bunch of weed yeah. and do a bunch of karate, and they captured the essence and put it in aftershave. That's what AIM does. Yeah. Better but, science. You know, through- over time, it was harder and harder to recruit black belts into that kind of just monotony. Sure. I mean, it takes that, a long that's time. why, I mean, you know, when was the last time you saw high karate on the show? <laughs> now, now it's low karate. Yeah. Or just karate. And that yeah, does or, it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I tried karate. It just, uh, <laughs> it's exhausting is what it, it, it is. It really was. It was, it would turn out. It was just, uh, a, basically a, a five lesson course but the, to get you hooked. But Paladin, is is a um he is a real if you've watched the office he's the dwight Schrute of mercenaries like it is it, he he is a mercenary in the sense that um that lone wolf and cub was a was a ronin you know that lone wolf from lone yeah. like he is the real deal like gets mad at spider-man for all of the jibber jabber like he's he he well, takes he's a professional he's sort of like real you know, serious uh, He's like Ted White during the production of Caddyshack. He was the only serious actor. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Um, yeah. But yeah, he worked for. I mean, a rage. He's been a. Part when I was on Mary Tyler Moore, we'd never stood for this. When I was on Mary Tyler Moore, um, but he's, but he, you know, he's the real deal. Died in the wool mercenary and he's worked for all the bigs i mean he worked yeah. for heroes for hire he's worked for uh silver sable you know he's worked for himself you know he's been a member he's been an impassing member of um whatever uh um deadpool's mercenary group was like you know he does it for he does it for the money but he also does it for the pride of a job well done <coughs> excuse me exactly some of that high karate. The, yeah. Were the Thunderbolts... Uh, Not really. The Thunder, they weren't really a mercenary group. They were more of a... The, the, the Thunderbolts were interesting in the sense that they were... Um, it was a cool concept. They, it was a bunch of ex-supervillains 
almost um, Task Force X style that rebranded as Heroes um, under the auspices of turning another cheek. But the guy who ran it ended up being Baron Zemo, and he was working yes. for his nefarious deeds. Uh, Citizen V uh, ended up being Baron D- Zemo. Baron Demo. Baron Devo. Um, he had to whip it. Are whip we it not good. Superman? <laughs> um, so, so that was that. You know, and, and the other thing is, there's a lot of people we can't talk about. Which it dawned on me, we couldn't talk about Lobo. We're, Lobo's getting his own show show at some point in the near future. Yes, he is. He, he actually has a, an entire issue, or the better part of an issue of an arc. So we can't talk about Lobo in this, because he's not street level. While yeah. he is a mercenary, and a lot of the times he fights on the side of good, he we can't talk about him because Lobo's a no-go when we're talking about street level hero. That was a lot. You that should be was. appreciative of what I, I just did. I'm dumbstruck. That's some that's some serious who's line. I'm the Wayne Brady of this show. Besides the fact that you did the uh, the, the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme song, which was uh, <laughs> something I'll never forget. Um, I don't God know about bless anyone you. else, including your father. Um, yes, indeed. But but yes, he um. He's really cool. I, I really like him. He He's the honorable... I don't want to say villain, because he's not a villain, but he's the honorable mercenary. Yes. You know, he's that guy. He's he's the Jonah... He's almost Jonah Hexian in that sense, because let's not forget, Jonah Hex is a bounty hunter. He's a mercenary. You oh, yes, him. absolutely. And I like the fact that we can go throughout time here and kind of time bolt this whole story line. Well, the problem is our time bullets keep revolving around Jonah X, <laughs> which is fine, which is fine. Um, so, yeah, that's why I like I really like him in in that sense. And and like I said, he played for the big guns. He um, he fought um, he fought alongside heroes for hire. Now, now he, the one he fought beside was not the the traditional heroes for hire. That was the one headed by Misty Knight after. Yes. Um, you know, he also uh, he also fought um, old U.S. agent to a standstill, which, by the way, um, U.S. agent has been cast in that um, Falcon Bucky TV show. So U.S. agent will be in that, which I'm very excited for. Um, oh, very good. Um, he's he. he he took a, he took a, okay, so this is, you know, his, shows his honor, I guess, in what he, he does. He, he did take a, um, a contract on the Punisher's life from a mob boss. <laughs> but can you really consider taking the, a contract on the Punisher's life a bad thing? Yeah, I mean, probably doing a lot of folks a favor. Uh, can we, delve into something one of these years we actually i think have in the queue um whatever you want big dog uh a little tiny largely forgotten sub genre over at marvel back in truckers. the 80s huh truckers right oh, oh good night i thought it, yeah but kickers incorporated from the new universe kickers are they are they for hire uh, well, he incorporated certainly. Uh, it does imply suggest it. that uh, it's hard to find anything to really pin down in- about them. But <laughs> the new universe brought us Kickers Incorporated as well as Mark Hazard, Merce. Oh yes, Mark Hazard, Merc. But when the new universe first came out, I thought it was Merce. because <laughs> it's because it's mercenary, right? It makes so, sense. Or, Deadpool should be the Merce with a mouth. The Merce with a mouth. <laughs> Merce. So granted, uh, Merce or Merc here was uh, well before. I mean, I think, uh, 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 what's his name there? Uh, Lee Boy. Uh, uh, LeField was still in diapers when Merc came out. <laughs> I mean, he was probably 16, but. But probably still in diapers. <laughs> I 
I got no love for the man. I, I do now. He's won me over because he's gotten super, like, self-aware, tongue-in-cheek, and just started doing things like... He's, uh, he's sort of like Shatner or... Uh, yeah, yeah. Or Adam Westy kind of... Uh, well, I mean, what was it for for April Fools? He he released the sketch of his new character that was gonna have a comic book called The Pouch. Oh and it yes, was just all yeah, pouch man. Pouches, yeah. And then he went on to make him one issue of The Pouch. So yes. I'm like, all right, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have this. Like I can't I can't deny that that you're you're t- not taking yourself super seriously at this point. Um. But yes, yes, keep going. Keep. I want to hear about Merc some more, or Merce, if you will. Yeah, I, this was another one. It's hard to pin down exactly what was happening in that comment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it was, I mean, nobody really uh, has written extensively on the new universe because it was so god-awful. And they keep trying to bring it back. Oh, yeah, they want desperately to have it back. (laughs) There's this, uh, I love this thing that we're going through right now, where we have this sense of nostalgia around these things that happened, like, because all of the guys that are in power, and women that are in power now, existed in a time period where all of these things happened. Like, Secret Wars... Yeah, uh, yes. 2099, the new universe, um, you know, all of these wackadoo ideas that they ran with because they were looking for shit to, to throw at the wall. And now, and, and now everybody who read those when they were, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, now are like editors for the bigs, right? And they want, they're like, yeah, I remember that being really good. And then they're like, yeah, let's do something with that. And they'll go in an interview and say, yeah, we're looking at the new universe and relaunch the new universe. And then, and then they'll actually do the research on it and be like, oh, oh shit. (laughs) This was not good. Yeah, and I, the thing about it is, it's easy to look at that period in the uh, late 80s as just being a, you know, let's just pump stuff out and see what lands. But the thing about it is, if you go back far enough, back in the days when your alternative to going to the newsstand or the 7-Eleven was subscription, and your comics would all be mailed flat and arrived folded, and... That was a big deal. If you ever, if you ever find an old comic and, and find the ads where it listed a number of titles you could tick off and yeah. you know get them for a dollar ninety nine a year or whatever, and the big deal they always made is all issues mailed flat. Right. And I subscribed to Star Wars for a couple of years, and I'll tell you right now, all <laughs> issues arrived folded. What do you mean folded? Like folded right down the middle. In half. Yes. Oh, yes. Long ways, or as if you were going to put it in your back, as if you're going to put it in your back pocket. Like, because so, well, so Marvel cared very much. Like, yeah, Marvel and DC cared about how your issues left their mailing facility. The U.S. Postal Service, however, did not. And some things never change. That's right. So uh, there you have it, kids. A little slice of comic history so that we're gonna. Over time, we uh, will probably be doing something about the way it was. The good old days, they weren't all <laughs> that good. That's right. Another Today one is I'm not as bad as it to... seems. Billy Joel reference number 275. I'm trying to piece together whether or not Infinity Incorporated was actually a corporate entity. And I can't really... I remember reading Infinity Incorporated. I don't remember them having a board of directors unless it was the JSA. <laughs> I don't pray the board of directors have you voted. You know what's interesting? It wasn't bro. Infinity Incorporated the group that was run by um, Luther? No, Infinity Incorporated was the group that had like the a lot the of legacies. Like, yes, they were the kiddos. Uh, you had Huntress and Star Spangled Kid, Jade, Nuclon. Right, which was the Adams kid. Yeah. Um, you had Jade, who was Alan Scott's kid. You had uh, Obsidian, I think, at some point, who was, uh, um, I think, in some relation to Alan Scott as well. Like, you had all of those. Yeah, I think Obsidian and Jade were both his kiddos. And I think in, in the early days, you had um, 
like some sort of weird bird boy that was adopted by some bird person. <laughs> bird person. I have committed many atrocities in the name of freedom. <laughs> bird, bird person. Uh, um, yeah, you're probably right, but I don't think they were aborted. I don't think they were actually for hire. I, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I think they were just, you know, it's got to the point where, you know, when you run out of really cool names, modern automobiles have stupid names, which is foreign language names that, when translated, turn out to be not that exciting after all. <laughs> Tiguan means water. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, after a fashion, you know, because we still need to talk about the Wild Pack and Heroes for Hire. But after a fashion, I guess you know, kind of. It depends on uh, how you feel about this and politically. But I would say that. Um, I would say the Task Force X might be considered a for hire group, um, depending on how yeah. you would how you would how you would decide not to argue that fact. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, lobby money goes a long way, baby. That's all I'm saying. Um, all right, let's get into the big two because we're you know we've got we've got like a little while left in the show, but I definitely Absolutely. want to talk about them. Um, and of course, I'm talking about uh, Wild Pack, which is um, Silver Sable, which we were talking about, I think, before the show. Yes. <laughs> so what you want to do when you name yourself is um, make sure that, that it's all misdirection. You don't want it's it's hunter and prey. You know, you want to name yourself after the prey to throw them off the scent that you're the hunter, right? Exactly. If you name yourself like, say, Wildebeest, which, you know, there was a Wildebeest in the, uh, there's actually a whole army of Wildebeesties, um, and using just the name Wildebeest, there was a character that was part of the Teen Titans at one point. And the Wildebeest are generally, well, formidable animals if, like, say, um, you were in a common gladiatorial battle between yourself as an average American and a wild wildebeest or a starvation crazed wildebeest. This normally gentle animal of the veldt would probably savage you rightly, sure, in fairly short order. But it's not what you think of when you go to the zoo and look at wildebeests. You're not imagining, oh, terrifying animal. I hope I don't fall into the paddock. But as soon as you do, yeah, they will promptly ignore you. So <laughs> they are going to leave you completely alone. That's right. Um, so Silver Sable. Uh, well, and there's and Silver Sable ran with someone else that absolutely 100% bears mentioning here, um, which I completely forgot about, but but needs to be talked about, and that is none other than her partner in crime in the in the Wild Pack. Which is, Martin? <laughs> we, weasel. Uh, oh. uh, Snoot. Um, no. <laughs> uh, Dominic Fortune. Oh, I was so close. You were close. Do you, do you remember Dominic Fortune? I have a vague memory of Dominic Fortune. We were talking about John Sable Freelance, who absolutely fits in this category, but, um, Dominic Fortune. Mink, yes. Dominic Fortune is such a mercenary. It's so for hire that his name is Dominic Fortune. Yes. But he was written, he started as a backup issue or a backup for the Hulk. Um, and it, it was written by Denny O'Neill and painted, painted by Howard Jacob. So, oh yeah, so you got no complaints there. No, I mean, uh, are you kidding and, me? And he's got that very shaken design. Oh, he's got some jaunty boots. Yes, he does indeed. And and that, uh, what do you call that? That tunic of his. Doublet. Yeah. Yes. Rocking, he's rocking a uh, like a like an off yellow doublet with a purple bodysuit and then some jaunty ass boots. Like he's got it going. On bitches, um, and he's got like also those big knightly gloves, you know, with the the giant cuffs, so you can slap people. Oh, you got to take them off and be slapping people. Um, but they get in the way. I mean, 
that, but she, but he ran with Silver Sable in the um, in the Wild Pack. So the Wild Pack often they they basically basically Silver Sable was trained by her father, who was one of those uh, one of those Nazi hunters that would like go to Argentina. Yeah, Nazis, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, but she hired a team of mercenary heroes that would take contracts, basically. Exactly. Hire them to go fight your Bolivian revolution or your your drug, you know, turn over your local drug debt. She'll do it if the money's yeah. right. She'll do it. Um, just show her the money. Just show, just show her. Show her the money. Show her. Show her the, the money. Let me hear you. Show her the money. Um, Battlestar was a member. If you remember Battlestar oh, from Captain America. So any of these people that kind of fell off the grid kind of ended up working for, um, working for somebody like Heroes for Hire or the Wild Pack, which is interesting. Like, it's like, being a professional baseball pl- or basketball player and ended up playing in the Ukraine. Yeah. Um, you were at one point in the, in the big show, but you fell out at some point. So you had to, you, you know, you had to go where the money was. So you had people like the Prowler was, was a member at one point. Puma, old Thomas Fireheart at one time, uh, Owner, how how the mighty have fallen. One time, owner of the Daily Bugle, Thomas Fireheart, otherwise known as the Puma. Um, oh wow! Is was a member. Rocket, do you remember Rocket Racer? Oh yeah. Uh, Sandman was in there. Willow Wisp was in there. Um, a, a whole bunch of uh, kind of C list <laughs> superheroes. Madcap, Hawkeye was a member at one point. A madcap, wow. Yeah. The, um, I can never pronounce this name, and you're going to have to help me, and we talked about it in the bird episode. Um, is it the Peregrine? Peregrine, yes. Ah, I nailed it. Uh, the Peregrine was in there. Um, you know, and Paladin was in there. Also, Spider-Man at one point was on her So, so was Paladin. He was. He was. Um... Those were those were your freelancers. She had teams. She had a corporate structure around this. So if you had a local street crime, you could call her her administration department, which she had one, by the way. Um, she had a manager. She had an assistant. She had a PR department. Um, oh, one would have to. Yeah, you could call into their hotline and say. You know, my grandma's purse got stolen, and they're going to, you know, send out the closest operative, which could be Deathlock. Yeah. You don't want that. No. No, you you have to request somebody like Rocket Racer if something well, like that happens. You don't You want... have to be certain that you, you know, for the unindoctrinated, you really want to be particular about, you can't just, you know, oh, just send somebody. You want to make sure you, you lay down the, the ground rules there. So it's not that unlike Heroes for Hire in that sense, where Heroes for Hire started with old Luke Cage and Iron Fist. It was it was a two-hander, and I did not realize this. I am an idiot. Um, I have all of the issues of Heroes for Hire, uh, most of the issues of the original Heroes for Hire, and then all of the issues of the, the 97 reboot Heroes for Hire, um... And I never once put together that Jaron Hogarth was the lawyer for the group. Oh, yeah, I just uh, noticed that. I never put that together. Damn it. Damn it. That's They they dug very deeply. Uh... Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Fine. Fine. But, yeah, it started as Power Man and Iron Fist. They, they formed a they formed a group. Um, and, and then it was the two of them, which is what I really hoped we were going to get in the next season if they would have kept it going of the, yes. of the shows, because the group was, it, it, the, the initial group was out in front. It was Danny and, and Luke. 
And yep. then their support staff was Colleen Wing and Misty Knight. Exactly. You had the team built, tailor made, ready to run. And then they pulled. And then you could have brought in some other characters, you know, throughout the season. Keep in mind, Luke Cage is the one that uh, went to Latveria and stood in front of Doctor Doom and threatened to uh, knock his dick in his watch pocket if he didn't pay him his eighty bucks. <laughs> I mean, you don't owe Luke Cage money without paying the man his money. Well, the thing is, he's uh, he is certainly one of the heroes for hire, but he's also collections. He's he, he is collections for hire if it's for his own money. Um, but but they, then you know, at some point, on occasion, that there is uh, a point where I guess the uh, you know you, you've done enough hiring out. Did the Avengers pay Luke Cage to be an Avenger? No, no, that's his. Well, I think that that was, yeah, I think that was like some pro bono work he did. And you could tell that he enjoyed it. I think it was in um, New Avengers where they had, uh, there's a great scene where they had taken down Electro. Yeah. And Luke asks uh, Spider-Man, you know, how did you used to get information out of this guy? And he's like, well, usually I just web up my... uh, Wave up my hands and like boxing gloves and beat it out of him. And there's this great shot where Luke's got his fist up. He says, Web me up. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, and then there's just the look on Electro's face. It's like, you know, that's, that's good storytelling right there. Oh, well, and I'll, I'll be honest. Those, and I think it was, it was the new Avengers books that Bendis did, um, with the, with the Ronin, with Hawkeye's Ronin, um, with Luke Cage, Iron Fist. With um, Spider-Man and Wolverine, those were great. Uh, now I want to go back and reread them. I've got them all. I'm looking <laughs> at them. Those were great books because you get this sense that Luke Cage is in it for the duty. Keep in mind, in the comics, he's married to Jessica Jones and has a kid. Yeah. So you know he's in it for the duty. They, you know, Cap comes and convinces him. He wants them to head up a a, a team of you know, Avengers that don't play by the rules, that type of thing. And Luke, you know, jumps on that, that case, as long as he gets to pick his team. Um, and that, that's the team he picks. So yeah, there's a lot of like, Luke has had to hold back for so long fighting the street level crime because not every guy you fight is cotton mouth in a special suit. Yeah. Most of the guys you fight are drug dealers and mafia guys that if you punch them full force, well, you kill him. You yeah. kill him. So you don't do that. You you got to hold back. And then, but then when you're fighting, you know, uh, the armadillo, you get to let loose a little bit. Exactly. You can kind of pick your fight sometimes. So I think that, that there was a little more enjoyment for him in that than uh, than what we what we saw, you know, before. So so yeah, it started with those four, but then in 1996. God, this is a convoluted mess of a history. Do you remember the Namor standalone comic? Yeah. Where Namor, the Prince of the Deep, came to the surface and started a company with all of his uh, pirate booty that he gathered from the seafloor and started a company. Oh, yes. Where he had a three-piece suit on his little pointy-ass ears. Yeah. God, that was, was it like Oracle. It like was that? called Oracle Inc. And Oracle Inc. funded a new, for some ungodly reason, funded a new Heroes for Hire. <laughs> um, and Jim Hammond helped set it up with Danny Rand. Jim Hammond, for those of you that don't know, was the original Android Human Torch from the Invaders. Uh, yes, exactly. Apparently, still hung out with Namor. <laughs> From the Invaders days. <laughs> um, but started a new Heroes for Hire that, that was basically Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and then this revolving door of, like, my favorite characters. So it 100% pertained to, like, my, you know, it was my, it was on brand for me because you had, um, Black Knight, White Tiger, Hercules, she-hulk ant-man um you know all of these crazy shits were running around like fighting things like like crazy and of course it was during a time period which was 90 96 97 which everything was bombastic and larger than life and 
banana crackers. So the <laughs> book was hella fun. Um, then they went on to re-release it in 2006, um, which I read a lot of, which in this one, it was um, Colleen Wing and Misty Knight's team. Yes. And then you had a, a much more female-centric cast um, in in which they sided during the Civil War with um, Iron Man. So you had Black Cat, and again, another appearance by Paladin. Yeah. Um, and this this was also the team that uh, sported Shang-Chi at one point. Yes, 100%. Yes. And did... Was this the team that at one point had Bug from the Micronauts? I think so. Yes. Yes, it did. And it was like one of the few things that they still owned from their toy licensing days that had not been put to use. And I always love when they are able to go back and dig these characters out because, like, you know, Dr. Demonicus from Godzilla would resurface, as did Red Ronin. Um, Wrong. yeah, the uh, the sp- the rest of the Space Knights, uh, they were able they rebranded them, but they were able to bring Starshine and the rest of the bunch back. You remember Starshine? She was the one that had the head like a lady's watch from the sixties. Yes. 60s. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, I it, it really. There's a Longine. Um, I just really enjoyed these books. Because you got to see stuff that you don't normally get to see because these aren't, these aren't the, um, these aren't the big superhero books. Yeah. These, these aren't even a Spider-Man or a Moon Knight book. These are good guys taking money to fight crime. Exactly. (laughs) That's a fun concept. Keep in mind, there was yet another during the Shadowland, the bad, the bad possessed daredevil um, heroes for hire because heroes for hire is essentially the um, suicide squad of the Marvel universe where you can put anybody, you can slot anybody in and just have fun with it. So you had another team that consisted of ghost Rider, iron fist, punisher, moon Knight, black widow, Falcon, Silver Sable and Electra. So it was basically like, um, like, um, uh, <laughs> like, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young and the Allman Brothers. Exactly. Got together and formed a team. Um, am I missing anything here? You're talking about some of my favorite stuff, so I've been running my I mouth. Know, I, I'm just still curious why Ghost Rider needs a paycheck. I don't think Ghost Rider as much needs a paycheck as needed to purge the earth of the hands demons, and this was just convenient. Okay, just sort of helped him, sort of a means to an end. He was just in town. Right. Join the fun. Right. I mean, you know, you if you look, you know, if you're tooling around town on your flaming motorcycle trying to fight demons, and over here is it, you know, is Moon Knight and the Paladin um, and Spider-Man and Misty Knight hanging out, you're, you're going to stop by and, you know. You just, like, come up to the corner there by the Heroes Fryer off. Ghost Rider's back. But he does have an affiliate program that you can uh, you can sign up for through uh, Damien Hellstrom. Oh, does he? Yeah, and, you know, he'll uh, come and uh, do a a residency with your group. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's the heroes for hire, make a wish foundation. When you, exactly. When you really want to have the best day ever, you, you call up ghost Rider and, uh, he shows up and really just handles shit. Yeah. With whatever is going on. He just, cause you don't really hold a candle to that. No, I don't care it's... who you are. When Ghost Rider shows up, everybody else can leave. That's right. It's basically the way Ghost Rider works. All right, final so thoughts that, on this arc? That, that's its own reward, really. Really, it is. All right, final final on on the on the entire arc, Cole. What do you got? I think this this was a fascinating arc for me because it 
really let us delve into kind of a, a subset of superhero that we don't really think about how unique they are unless you really sit down and just explore everything about them and what drives someone to just go out and beat up criminals with their bare hands right. or take up a gun and hit the streets or charge for it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. in, in this issue especially, I kind of fell into a um, a unique new understanding or a unique new feel for the hero for hire. I, I went into it a little dubious about, you know, how heroic is that to now feeling like, no, that's one of the options a hero should have at their disposal. Sure, you got to keep the lights on, man. Like, you're going to fight crime 24-7. You're not going to be sponsored. Not everybody gets to be sponsored by Lex Luthor or Tony Stark. you got to keep the lights on somehow. Absolutely. Seems like a decent way to do it. Can't say I wouldn't do it. We can't all be rich, you know? That's right. Sometimes sometimes you got to be a bitch. Sometimes you can't not be like, rich. Not sometimes... like Pine Martin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that this panned out the way it did. I'm I'm really happy with um our issue on your your gun toters. I think we did a decent job with that one. Um I liked I liked the we are the night cuz I just think that it didn't occur to us how many there are. Yes, how prevalent that end of things is that it's most of the time it's after the sun goes down that the real superhero villain smackdown action happens. Yeah, if you run or rob a bank, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. is the best time to do it if you live in a world with yeah. superheroes. That's most, right. Most of them are asleep. They're just finally getting that some good REM sleep there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what's, I'm like, literally, finally. So what's next for us? Next up, we have a very, we got some fun uh, issues coming up here. Uh, one, I, I won't go so far as to call it a rarity, but uh, it's unique that uh, we're delving into uh, a topic that, you know, because I go nuts and I'm like two and a half years plotted and we constantly have to add things as new things appear on the horizon. And this Disney damn streaming thing is going to provide us grist for the mill forever but um this is an andy driven episode coming up or uh, a very special issue of hey kids comics for uh, issue 324 yeah, i don't want to give too much of it away because you know i'm really excited about it i can tell you we have a we have a banger of a guest um and it's something that's been that cole and i have been talking about for a while and, you know, it's it's something that got up under my skin, and I really wanted to talk about it, but I wanted Cole and I to have the opportunity to really talk about it. And then the more I started thinking about the topic, which I'm not going to reveal what it is, but the more I started thinking about the topic, I started thinking about other instances um, kind of curiously similar to it that I've seen used, um, and... While some of them were amusing or humorous, other ones I felt were in poor taste or got it wrong. And I just thought it was time that we had a conversation about this particular topic that we will talk about next week. Yeah, that's all you're getting. We'll, we'll actually tell you what it is. I'm not telling. Not gonna, nope. No, not even the, during the issue itself. We'll just like, welcome no, to. We're just going to get comics. into it and you're going to figure it out. Andy's cards close to the uh, <laughs> fine, fine vest that he... Nothing Up My Sleeve is the name of it. Um, so what's after that? And, do we have any big ones coming up? I know we do, because well, October's a, coming, a, maybe. A, yes, uh, we've, we've got a great uh, story lined up for this year's Halloween special. Uh, we've had an annual Halloween special for about five years now, and this year will be no exception. Uh, there was a... Uh, story that very nearly became our Halloween special, and then I realized, no, that's too much like a Halloween special we've already had. And, you know, granted, this is a little more targeted than that one was, but uh, the following week after Andy's big mystery issue, 
this right. Uh, hey Kids Comics 325 is going to cover a genre, a type of uh, an aspect of the comic book industry that dates back over 45, 50 years now. And really, we've only touched on it, tiny little aspects of it. So for in two weeks, Hey Kids Comics number 325, Hey Adults Comics. Oh, dirty stuff. C-O-M-I-X. We're going to talk about some of the greats like R. Crumb and uh, some of the, the more uh, well-known titles of their day during the heyday of comics movement, uh, like the fabulous Furry Freak Brothers. Yeah, dirty stuff. Uh, R. Crumb's Fritz the Cat. Um, a lot of uh, political and a lot of naughty sex stuff and drugs Pretty much drug, sex, and rock and roll in comic form. And uh, Andy's about to get a, an image of the cover of our uh, banner for that one. Just cat wings. And then... Uh, cat dicks. That's <laughs> Which are plenty bizarre in their own right. But... <laughs> the whole episode is Cole breaking down the biology of cat dicks. That's right. The physiology of the male cat. And... Uh, Oh, that's not what I wanted. So. It has nothing to do with cat dicks. Yeah. Uh, here we go. But, uh, you know, among somewhere within, you know, the next three to five issues, we have a really fun one coming up called, um, uh, titled, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you blood sucker. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that one. Cause that's the one I get and, to talk about vampires. Yeah, we do. And you get, we talk about a very specific day walker. So good. He's a day walker. You got a um, movie coming out. Yeah. If you haven't, Cole, have you Incredibly watched? Incredibly well cast, by the way. Yeah. So and good. They're just getting started. Have you watched um, What We Do in Shadows yet? No, I need to, but okay. uh, right now, damn it, I just stumbled on there was a the second season of Mindhunter. I know, I haven't started dropped, yet. And I, we've got like two episodes left. What we do in shadows is, um, I'm not going to tell you what happens, but there's a very special thing that happens. I'm told it's a lot like Spinal Tap without the music. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, we are Hey Kids Comics. <laughs> we know when to we're leave our to own show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Plug us up and we'll get out of here. Stepped out of it right now and stepped into it simultaneously. So we're coming to you from the uh, Jedi Cold Universe at JediCold.com. Write to us at jcmail at yahoo.com. And be sure and check out the Rancor Pit live on the first and third Sundays of every month on DallasOnAir.com, uh, 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. Central. I will be uh, uh, on other time time, and uh, so it'll be Eddie and whoever he uh, brings in as a guest. But we've got some great stuff coming up in the next few months. First and third Sundays of every month, 1030 to 1130 a.m. Central, on on the third Sunday of every month by Isle of Toys, my personal exploration into all kinds of things toy. Hell yeah. Um, and of course you can find us at HK Comics Show on the Facebooks and your Twitters and your Instagrams. Um, alright, Cole. Well, uh, until next week or somebody calls our secret hotline and needs us to, uh, needs us to, uh, That's be, right. be issue a podcast. The, the Hey Kids Comics affiliate program also, uh, accessible, uh, from Damien Hellstrom. Yeah. Oh, well, of course. Cause, yeah. I mean, well, when you're the son of Satan, you've got some serious connections. Oh, yeah. I mean, you are the just, agent extraordinaire at that point. Well, you know, you, you still remember what it's like to grow up hanging out at Dad's garden parties. That's right. All right. Join us next week for more Hey Kids Comics. Say goodnight, Cole. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.